Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. We did it, we did it together, and uh, it's just so exciting for me to just be a part of this with them, with all the 11 other players. It's truly an experience that I will cherish forever. Taking you beyond the ropes. Whatever you think is possible for you, or, or even what's not possible, you know, beyond your wildest dreams, go for it. You know, just go for it and think big and believe in yourself and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do anything. Unforgettable stories. He's hit some putts with it, so he gets his phone out and he just takes a picture of the grip and down the putter and doesn't say anything and he just pings it to Tiger. And of course, Tiger pinged him right back like, what in the hell are you doing with my putter? Do not <laughs> touch that putter. <laughs> a bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Welcome to the program, folks. Pleasure to have your company on this Friday. There was a ton of golf yesterday because we had two events on the PGA Tour, the World Golf Championships, Mexico Championship, which as is the case with the World Golf Championship, the stars that were there all seemed to rise to the top of the table. Not 100% of them, but some really big names in the form of Rory McIlroy and Bubba and JT and all the rest, which I will get into in a second. But at the same time, we have in Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rico Open, which the reason why I'm starting with that here this morning on this Friday morning is because it's underway as we speak. Kyle Stanley, who shot a 64 yesterday, is level par through five holes so far this morning. He's on the mark of eight under par, still leading, but he's sharing the lead right now with Chris Couch, who stands a two under par, having played three holes so far. So both players at eight under par at the Puerto Rico Open. After he got done yesterday, Kyle Stanley had this to say about that opening round 64. You know, with the wind and, and how wet the course is playing and ball in hand today, it was nice to be able to clean on the fairways because there's a ton of mud. So, um, yeah, just hitting a lot of fairways and a lot of greens. And um, I think with the way I'm putting and how comfortable I feel on the greens, just the more chances I can give myself, the better. Just a pretty solid round of golf and kind of made my fair share of putts and got off to a really nice start, uh, burning my first three out of the gate. And um, pretty windy out there, so I'm really happy with the round. All right, Kyle Stanley speaking to the round that was yesterday's, the round that is today's and underway as we speak. He started on number 10 with a par there. He birdied the par 3 11th and then followed it up with a bogey at the par 4 12th. Two pars and 13 and 14 to follow, and that's his round as yet. Again, still atop the leaderboard on 8 under par. He now shares that lead with Chris Couch. Couch teed off on the first hole, and obviously where. Kyle was talking about taking advantage of opportunities early and considering the fact that he teed off on number one yesterday. Well, we're seeing that happening with Chris Couch right now. Teed off on number one, birdied the par five second, birdied the par four third. He is now tied atop the leaderboard, two under through three and eight under overall at the Puerto Rico Open. Now, as we're speaking, the leaderboard again, this is an active leaderboard. Play is underway, has just altered once again. Rain Gibson 
Birdied his first hole of the day, and he has just now, seconds ago, birdied the par 5 second. He, too, has reached 8 under par, so we have three players tied atop the leaderboard at 8 under par in Stanley Couch and Gibson as we speak. Emiliano Grillo is 1 under after 5 holes. He's reached 7 under par, lurking only a shot behind Scott Brown, who's been playing very well of late. 2 under through 4, he is 7 under par and only one shot back. Those players, uh, Grillo and Brown, both tied for fourth currently. Tied for six or scores of six under par, two shots back. Robert Streb is three under through eight. Josh Teeter is level par through five. And Henrik Norlander is even through three. All are six under par. Peter Uline is six under after 66 yesterday. He doesn't tee off till this afternoon at 1.19 p.m. Based on the scoring that we're seeing early on here today, I would say he can expect to continue to drop down the leaderboard as the day progresses and we'll need to get some birdies in order to climb his way back up again this afternoon at 119 when he starts his round. Tied for 10th, Sam Ryder is 3 under through 6. He's reached 5 under par overall. Let me see some other under par scores. Will Gordon is 3 under through 3 and 5 under overall. George McNeil is 1 under through 8. He's reached 4 under par just cruising down through this leaderboard. Zhen Jun Zhang is uh, three under through six. He's four under overall as well. Uh, Victor Hovland is four under par. He'll tee off at 1.08 p.m. this afternoon. Alex Noren is one under through six, three under overall today. I'm just cruising down through the leaderboard to see some names that are jumping out to me. Rob Oppenheim is... Even he's only played one hole so far and three under par, so he's five shots off the lead currently. David Lingworth, Brendan DeYoung are both under par in the rounds. They're both two under overall. A lot of tee times that I'm coming across in the afternoon. You can see the different waves. Includes Patrick Rogers will start the day at two under. Brian Davis, David Hearn, John Merrick will all start at two under par. Alex Jacobs, one under through four, one under overall. Johnson Wagner will start today at one under, tees off at 11.40. Seamus Powers, one under through five and level for the tournament. So a quick little look at what's going on in Puerto Rico. Okay, at the same time, we have a World Golf Championship underway. BenHoganGolf.com, log on there and see all the great product that you can check out on their website anytime you want because it's a direct relationship between you and between them. There's no middleman. There's no retailer. You save 40%, 50% retail markup. And I know that you would be proud of having clubs in your bag that have the name Ben Hogan etched right into the metal. Well, it's world number one Rory McIlroy atop the leaderboard, a six under par, 65 to lead the way. He's clear by by two shots over two players, Bubba Watson and Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy is seeking to join Dustin Johnson as the only player with all four World Golf Championship titles tucked away in his bookshelf. He leads after the first round. This is the second year in a row at the World Golf Championship, Mexico Championship. For Rory McIlroy, that 600 par 65 included one eagle, five birdies, one bogey. He began the week ranked number two behind Dustin Johnson in eagle frequency on tour. He made an eagle on his second hole of the tournament, the 11th. That's his 10th round of 65 or better in World Golf Championship stroke play events. Most of any player since 2012. Interesting. 
In the event last year, he opened with an eight under par 63 to take the first round lead. He ended up finishing runner up. You remember where he was paired with DJ in that final round. It just never really seemed to get anything started. He finished a tie for seventh in 2017, his only other appearance at the event. He's posted sub-70 scores in 11 of his last 13 rounds in World Golf Championship stroke play events dating to round one of the 2019 World Golf Championships Mexico Championship. He's 52 under during that stretch. You think Rory gets his game up a little bit to be competing against the best of the best? Two-time FedEx Cup champion that he is. He captured the first World Golf Championship event of the season at the HSBC Champions where he defeated Xander Shoffley in a playoff. He's finishing the top five in all four starts this season. It tied for third at the Zozo Championship, first at that HSBC Champions, tied for third at the Farmers Insurance Open, tied for fifth at the Genesis Invitational. He's looking to join Dustin Johnson as the only player to win all four World Golf Championship events with this victory this week. Prior to 2019 World Golf Championships HSBC Champions victory, he captured the 2014 WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational and the 2015 WGC Dell Technologies match play. Rory McIlroy, after he finished up, first of all, this is courtesy of it's it's distributed by the European Tour. But remember, it's a World Golf Championship event, so it's worldwide media use. Here's Rory's thoughts on round one. I, th- I think with the fairways being so soft as well, um, a couple of the par fives, I teed it up high and, and, and sort of launched it. And, um, you know, I had a nine iron into the into the 15th. Um, so yeah and then even the drive on the eight hole getting it up and over the trees and you know I had a nine iron in there where it looked like you know Gary and Tommy were sort of hitting you know sixes in so that's a that's a pretty big difference Um, so with the with the driver I can I can tee it up and I can launch it and maybe get a bit more out of it than some of the other guys Um, and then some of my sort of mid irons I can you know if I want to launch them up in the air I can I can get a little bit more out of them but um yeah, I did a good again. Did a good session on Tuesday on the TrackMan, and sort of we got all our numbers and got it dialed in, and um, sort of went from there. And you know, felt like distance control was good today. What did you hit on, on the second on the eleventh? Four iron from two seventy five. Do you feel any? Do you feel any different ever playing the world number one? Do you get any sort of bounce in your step, confidence? Do you think it changes your mindset? No, not particularly. Um, no, I've played. You know, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I I'm confident because I'm playing well, and that regardless of whether I have a one or a two or a ten, you know, beside my name on the world rankings, I, I'm, you know, I'm confident in my golf game, and I'm I'm comfortable with what I'm doing, and that's the most important thing. There was a time when you were, I think you said you check the rankings every Monday morning. Are you still doing that? Uh, it's funny when you're not top that you don't really do it that often. Um, but yeah, I did it. I did it. I, I sort of last Monday I wanted to know what that putt on 18 was worth at Riviera, and it sort of gave me a, you know, I, it went from a 0. 0.03 of a lead to 0. 0.5 of a lead actually. So, but it's a again I, as long as I don't think about it during I play and I check it on Monday morning and then I forget about it again, then it's fine. Just in the black grass the last week. Does this almost feel like a continuation of the absence of luck? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, there was a couple of lies that I misjudged out there. The the hole that I made bogey on, I felt like it was going to come out knuckle knuckly, and it, it actually came out with spin. Uh, and then a couple of lies around the greens, I thought were going to spin, and they didn't. So 
I misjudged a couple of lies. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps playing Riviera last week and then coming here because you know it, it, the ball does react pretty sim- you know similarly. Yeah, um, sometimes with a 34, my right arm can get a little high and like my right shoulder can sort of roll over. And with a, with a 34 and with a 35, a little longer, it sort of puts my shoulder and my right elbow into a better position, sort of more on plane with the shaft. Um, so it looked really good on video and it felt good. But then once I got out there, just that, that inch difference in the putter, it, you know, it, it, it moves your eye line and you sort of start stop seeing your lines the way you usually do. And especially... I struggled last week on right to left putts because when it's a longer putter and the ball's above your feet, you feel like the putter's like, you know, up in your sort of belt. So uh, struggled a little bit with it last week. I wasn't really expecting it, but I, I, I saw the, the tournament through with it and uh, didn't quite work the way I wanted to. So I went back to the old one this week and did a, did a really good session on Tuesday on the greens, um, did a few drills, um, sort of. Yeah, I sort of did a few things I maybe haven't done the last couple of weeks. If I can keep putting like that, I'll be very happy. I, yeah, I'm not expecting to gain three and a half on the uh, on the greens every day uh, this week. But if I can, if I can keep my my strokes gain numbers in the positive and and putt better than the than the field average on greens like this, then you know you're doing something right. But it was definitely a validation to to go back to the 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 putter I've been using for the last uh, 14 months, I guess. Um, little blip last week um, but um, I'm back and I, I putted well today and hopefully continue to uh, no I actually changed the grip I went to a slightly thicker grip so thicker grip sort of gets your hands more you know facing each other and for me gets that right right arm just tucked in a little bit better and then gets the arm on the shaft plane and just stroke it better Rory, they showed your yardages on the telecast today. I'm just wondering how vast a difference are they this week from Riviera? Yeah. I mean, I was hitting little seven irons from 155 yards at Riviera last week. Um, it's very different. It's it's very different. Um, even when you get a shot into the wind here, it doesn't affect it that much because into the wind, the ball stays in the air longer and has a chance to fly further. And So, you know, even into the wind there today on the... That last part three, we played the the seventh hole. Uh, I pitched a six iron two thirty eight down or into into the wind. So it it plays a, it plays a lot different, but it does. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's just a number. So if I know that this week my wedge goes one seventy, then that's what I do, and I just have to trust that that's what it goes. My nine iron goes one eighty eight, my eight iron goes two hundred, my seven iron goes whatever, and you know, as long as you trust those numbers and and know that it is going to go that distance. It doesn't really matter what club you're using. Rory McIlroy leading the way after a six under par 65 to start yesterday. We will talk about the featured groups today for NBC Sports Gold distributed PGA Tour Live. I will give you the air times of where you can catch the coverage on television. I can tell you PGA Tour Radio kicks off at noontime today so there's a lot of content still to come and a lot of the leaders still to hear from and more to go over with you on this friday of the fairways of life show frenchlick.com see why it is such a distinctive historic yet modern midwestern resort it's a place where you know that if you're going to go with your family the kid zones and all the fun stuff that they have there the bowling alley the pizza place and you name it There's plenty of things to do that are outside of the things that, for the audience of this show, probably wants to do, and that's play golf. 
And the golf that they have there is, by any measure, world-class. Major championship venues, it is that special, and that's why we're going back there again this summer. Be sure to keep an eye on that, because my plan is to have you come in and treat you like a tour player, which includes getting a set of forged irons from Ben Hogan. They're the PTX Pro irons from Ben Hogan, so they're the kind that are forged with perimeter weighting and all the rest. French Lick is that special a place. Just log on to FrenchLick.com and you can see for yourself what sets it apart from any other. Back with more of the Fairways of Life show, and you're going to hear from some more big names. And I'll go through some notables on the leaderboard otherwise after this. Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Torage makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old U.S. of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there is something for everyone. From Kids Fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old world elegance. Visit our luxurious spa. Indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. It's no secret that FootJoy Flex has been one of the best-selling shoes in the game for the last few years. You can literally wear these things anywhere. Well, they now have a version that's completely redesigned and fully waterproof. It's called the Flex XP. You can wear these to and from work, hit a bucket of balls at the range, play 18 of them, wear them into the clubhouse, or out to dinner. Many have tried this type of versatile shoe in the past, but leave it to FootJoy to elevate the category. Now you can start flexing with the all-new Flex XP. Learn more about Flex XP at FootJoy. If you listen to the wind, you can hear it. That's Ireland calling you home. Home to the greatest Lynx golf courses in the world, defined by soaring dunes, undulating fairways, venerable bunkers, and whimsical green complexes. From Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland, site to the 2019 Open Championship, to Ballyliffin, La Hinch, and Ballybunion, numbering among the Lynx golf masterpieces awaiting your golfing sojourn. Come home to Ireland and enjoy the most incredible golf experience of your life. Get started at Ireland.com. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Friday. Rory McIlroy stands proudly 
atop the leaderboard of the World Golf Championships Mexico Championship after firing a six under par 65 with some late birdies to secure his place alone the top. Bubba Watson and Justin Thomas, the two that are two shots behind him on the mark of four under par for Bubba Watson with his 67. Well, it required a career-best 21 putts for Bubba while hitting 8 of 18 greens in regulations. Previous best was 22 putts in round 1 of the 2010 World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational. He owns three runner-up finishes in nine previous starts at this event. He was second in 2012. He was second in 2014. He was second in 2016. He shares an 18-hole tournament record of a 62 Sergio Garcia in round four at 02, Mount Juliet. Retief Goosen in round four in 2002 at Mount Juliet as well. Bubba himself, round two in 2012 at Trump Doral. J.B. Holmes in round one in 2015, Trump Doral. Justin Thomas, round three, 2018 here. And then Justin Thomas, round four last year here. Notched a top 10 finish in two of his last three starts on tour. Tied for six at the Farmers Insurance Open. Tied for third at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He did miss the cut, though, at the Genesis Invitational. Let's find out what Bubba was thinking afterwards. This is from the Flash area. It's one of those things where it's fun. It's just, um, you know, what we talk about four days of golf. You know, me and you hit a shot, and we land a foot apart. One's going to bounce, one doesn't. And it's about just getting the the bounces to go your way, the putt to go your way. And today, I made some putts. Uh, missed a couple greens just off the green. So it looks like I missed a lot of greens today, but... Um, I putted the ball nicely. Um, L.A. last week, I didn't putt it very nicely. I mean, I, I stroked it well, but I just didn't make any putts, and so I missed the cut. And I know my ball striking is where I want it to be. Everything's – my mind's where I want it to be and everything. And um, coming here, I was just hoping I'd get the right bounces or the right breaks. And um, I know I can play around here if I um, stay committed to all the shots, and today I did that. All right, so it is interesting how one plays around there because it's such a, a classic tree-lined golf course there is some talk about the greens but here you have Bubba who had 21 putts so obviously he had it worked out or obviously he had a situation where the greens were smooth enough for him to be able to play it Rory McIlroy who had obviously an incredible round of the 65 in late birdies he was able to play well as well in fact Justin Thomas who shares the second place position on four under after a 67 this was a cut, Dom. This is the 35. This is a cut on comparing this week to last week at Riviera. Here's JT. Yeah, it's good. It I just yet again proves uh, what a fickle game golf is. And um, at two places that I, I is totally different as they may seem, I feel like are similar golf courses in terms. Uh, if you play well, it rewards good golf, but you can shoot over par pretty quickly. Uh, it's, you know, you got the the... Zoysia fairways, the the kind of Kakuya type rough, Poana green. So you really have to be patient out there, and it's kind of something that um, I tried to take, learn a little bit from last week. I didn't play that poorly on Friday. I just couldn't get the ball in the hole, so it was nice to see some putts going. All right. So the mystery then to be defined is why does Justin Thomas play so well? And that was a question that this, again, this was released by the European Tour and Golf Channel. It's a World Golf Championship event, so it's global media. But here is JT speaking with Steve Sands about what the formula is and the recipe that works for him here. I don't know. It's um, it's a it's a different course. You know, Alicia and I were talking about today. It's I've never played a place where I feel like today, I felt like today was tough. We've I've never played this place with this kind of wind. Um, it just doesn't 
get this windy this year this often, but uh, you can go so low, but, man, if you're not playing well, you can shoot over par in a heartbeat. So it's pretty tough to, to manage your, your score, but I feel like we have a pretty good idea how far the ball goes, and that helps. The wind was literally the second question I was going to ask you. We were talking to Bubba about that earlier. When you guys teed off, there was nothing, and then all of a sudden it kicked up. Mm-hmm. When that happens, how much do you have to change your game plan throughout the day? Uh, you have to change a lot because usually at, at altitude, the wind doesn't affect it too much. But, I mean, when you're hitting, you know, six irons from 240 over water, you're like, well, you know, I hope it is it going to affect it. Is it not? I mean, I hit a sandwich today. Jimmy and I were, were posing, looking at it, and landed like 10 yards short of the green. Like, not even the hole. It wasn't even close. So it took us a little bit to kind of figure out that the ball did not go very far into the wind. Um, but, man, it goes downwind. You play all over the world. How much do you enjoy representing not only you and your brand, but also mm-hmm. the PGA Tour, playing here in Mexico and everywhere else you get to play in front of fans like this? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, uh, Jimmy and I said it's really cool. I, I, I want to meet this kid. I've met him, but I don't know him very well. But he's followed us around the last two years. Um, he knows Jimmy's name. He yells at Jimmy. He yells at me. He looks like a tour pro out there. So, you know, I feel like I have some sort of relationship with this little kid just from playing in this tournament. But, you know, we get a lot of support from everybody, and uh, it's great that we decided to come here to Mexico City. We need to make sure we connect you guys if it's been going on that long. He was wearing polo last year, titles hat. He looked the part. we got to hook him up. All right, that was Justin Thomas speaking with Steve Sands, courtesy of Golf Channel, after his 67 yesterday that has him tied for second. Nine of 14 fairways, 10 of 18 greens, only 25 putts for him for that four under 67. In fact, he was ranked number one in strokes gain off the tee, plus 2.520. 2.520. He's the current leader in the FedEx Cup after his two wins at the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges and, the, of course, the Century Tournament Champions. And three prior starts here at this World Golf Championship Mexico Championship at Golf Club de Chipotepec. He has three top tens, ninth in 2019, second in 2018, tied for fifth in 2017. He matched the course record that he set in 2018 in round three with a 62, with a final round 62 in 2019 as well. And he is a one-time World Golf Championship winner already at the 2018 World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational for Justin Thomas. From after that grouping where we go the the lead atop with Rory McIlroy and then JT and Bubba at four under, we have a group of three under par. It includes Bryson DeChambeau with a 68, Corey Connors with a three under par, 68, Billy Horschel a three under par, 68, and one, Louis Wisthazen, a three under par, 68. Louis spoke afterwards as well. This is courtesy of the European tour, but it is the international media, where we start out by saying for Louis, a three under par, 68. That's pretty solid. Scrappy. Um, yeah, then start right, and then um, just fighting really to, to not throw the round away and um, just um, keep plotting on and... And um, I felt like I did a good job on the greens today. And, um, you know, normally around here I struggle a little bit on the greens, but uh, sort of found a way to, to um, you know, see the lines a little better and um, thought I did a good job. You level path through nine. Was there a particular point that where you feel you kick-started the round? Yeah, um, I think the birdie on 11 and 12 really, you know, got me um, in a good spot and had a good opportunity on 13, just left it short, and then wayward drive on 14, you know, to make bogey and um, made a really good save, birdie on, on 15 and nice putt on 18. So it was just really hanging on, giving, trying to get it to the greens and give myself some putts and, um, you know, but few few shots off the tee wasn't great. How pleased were you with the bounce back following the bogey on 14? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I knew, you know, 15 is probably the, uh, the, the par five where everyone feels like they have to birdie it. And, and I left myself with an awkward little, I was way left past the pin and luckily I had a gap through the trees and I hit a good pitch too, about six foot, made a good putt. So, um, you know, I think um, you, need, you need those things, those little bit of breaks where you, uh, if you don't need it too good to have a gap through the trees. And um, a few times today I did. How tricky were the conditions out there? It got tricky. I mean, it's it's tough with these con- with the altitude, and then you go downwind, downhill. All of a sudden, you're playing it close to 17, 18 percent, and it's going further. So it's um, it's tough to work out. But um, you know, I've been coming a few years. I think um, you sort of just you got to feel a lot of the the shots that you just know some of them are going to go a long way, and then others you you sort of feel um, you know wind might do something to it. It's not going to go that far. And, um, it's a lot of shot making around here. It's always nice to finish with a birdie. Talk us through that. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I mean, didn't need the didn't need the best second shot. I was a little bit thin and knew it's gonna shoot on a little bit. And um, but uh, yeah, I had a good read on that putt and good speed, and glad I made it. All right, Louis Wasaysen, who's amongst those that stand currently on the mark of three under par. For Louis, a stat that I'm not sure that he would celebrate. But should he finish, I mean, he's tied for fourth right now, and should he finish with the top five this week? Well, that would mean he's had a top five in each of the four World Golf Championship events so far. Again, I think that's one of those stats that when you get it, you kind of go, eh, I think he'd rather have a win in one of them than top fives in any or all of them, to be fair. Billy Horschel also went three under after a 68. Second time in as many starts at this course that he's followed. We open with that. He's followed up with 76, 70, 71 for tie for 45th in 2019. We'll see if he holds on uh, this time, uh, unlike uh, in 2019 when he obviously faded. A Canadian Corey Connors is one of 21 players making their first appearance at this event. He did have a four-putt at the 15th. It was his second four-putt in his career in 234 rounds. He led the tour in greens and regulation percentage last season at 73.06%. He won the 2019 Valero Texas Open after Monday qualifying into the event, the first player to do so since 2010. Pretty impressive. Bryson DeChambeau, as I mentioned to you, also in that grouping at three under par, just to pay off all those that are playing that well. Comes into this week off a tie for fish fifth last week at the Genesis Invitational, his second top five finish. He also had a tie for fourth at Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. You can kind of get a sense that Bryson is getting back to understanding and controlling his game. You know, so much was made about what he was doing with his fitness and putting on weight in order to gain distance and gain speed and all the rest, and that did happen. But now you kind of get the sense that he's starting to dial it in again in terms of performance. Remember, this is a guy that's already won multiple times on the PGA Tour, so keep an eye on that. I'll tell you what we're going to keep an eye on, who the featured groups are, what the coverage is, some other big names on the leaderboard, how they did, some good, some eh, not so good at all. We'll talk about all of that as the Fairways of Life show continues on this Friday. TourEdge.com, when you log onto TourEdge.com, you can see the full breadth and width of their line. Their EXS line is making a tremendous amount of noise. It's because they build products that has all the bells and whistles and then some in terms of technology. But they make it within the financial reach of everyone. They don't expect you to go out and have to get a new mortgage on your house in order to get a new piece of equipment. 
And to back up that, which I love, is that they're also not asking you to take a leap of faith. They're saying take our club, whatever it is, driver, hybrid, irons, you name it, and take it into the hitting bay and get measured and go with track band. When you're getting fit, measure us against whoever you want. Ignore price tag at that point and just measure us and see how our product compares to any other product, regardless of price. And you will be shocked how many times Torridge is absolutely perfect for you and your game. Torridge.com for more. More of the Fairways of Life show, as I mentioned after this, is I want to cruise down this leaderboard and give you where some players are at that may surprise you. It was somewhat surprising yesterday with some of the things that we heard here in the Fairways of Life show, and they caused a greater news ripple around the world of golf, uh, talking about things like a competing golf tour. Uh, the elusive but we'll explain when we come back take your game to the max this spring with the all-new tour x golf shoe from FootJoy, fully loaded inside and out tour x delivers max stability max control and max comfort so you can launch it past your buddies the tour x wraps your foot in coziness with an ortho light impressions fit bed and a foam collar around the heel ensuring max in shoe comfort and support tour proven by players like kevin kister and rafael cabrebeo experience max performance for yourself with the all-new tour x shop now at footjoy.com What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. BenHoganGolf.com is where you can go to see the beautiful product that's being produced right now, bearing the name of the legend. You know, when he founded the original company in 1953, Ben Hogan said he did it, quote, to design and manufacture the best golf clubs in the world, end quote, and that is exactly what their mantra is today, only it's going directly to you, not through retail stores, so they're saving that 40%, 50% retail markup. You can get the best, and you can get it directly from their master craftsmen. Log on to BenHoganGolf.com now. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B, the Tour Ball. Reinvented. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. 
three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Core, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Friday. Pleasure to have your company. I enjoyed watching the golf yesterday. It was like we were talking about with Mark Sacchino earlier in the week. I don't think that people focus on who's not at an event once the tournament proper starts. I couldn't care less who's not there. I had a, It was fun watching Rory shoot 65. Watching Bubba work his way around the golf course the way only Bubba does. To see Justin Thomas kind of finding his stride. At this course, classic old golf course. It's fun to see the way, you know, if the camera angles are set up properly and you could see a player at a dress, I'm talking about tee shot, and you're looking at it going, whoa, this hole gently slopes to the left and the trees are hugging that right side. So you've got to hit a strong draw because the the trees also were going to bow from the left, which will keep you from just trying to hit it over the gentle movement from right to left. So you got to hit this like draw where it's got to be ticking leaves down that right side as it goes. And then this one particular hole that I've enjoyed watching that on JT hit a huge tee shot. And it's fun because of the way that the, the whole altitude goes and how they do the adjustment. I saw a picture on social media. It was someone took a picture of, Harry Diamond's notes card for Rory. And he he did an adjustment for it. So 60-degree wet. This is because of the altitude. 7,500 feet above sea level. And I think, Dom, if I'm not mistaken, if you could check that, I think, like, I think Denver's 5,000 feet, right? So it shows you how high they are, if I'm not mistaken on that one. So anyway, as a result... 60-degree wedge for Rory McIlroy goes 118 yards. 56-degree wedge, 132 yards. 52-degree wedge, still a sand wedge, it's a strong sand wedge, but 148 yards. Pitching wedge, 169 yards. Pitching wedge. Again, altitude, all the rest. Nine iron, 188 yards. Eight iron. 200 yards, 7 iron, 222, 6 iron, 235 yards, 5 iron, 256 yards, 4 iron, 272 yards. And if I'm not mistaken, Dom, in the sound that we had when he was talking to the the media, didn't he say he had a 4 iron, 277 yards in the round yesterday? I think that's... Right, I think that's right. But I was I was just looking up the Denver stuff, and you're correct. It is uh, less than it's fifty two eighty, which is a you know that's why they call it mile high, right? It's about a mile high, yeah. um, and it's what'd you say? It's seventy four hundred right there at Chapultepec, right? 
7,500 yards, yeah. 7,500, not yards, 7,500 feet. Uh, right? Feet, pardon. Yeah, yeah but that's all right. Everything's in yards. We, just, there's a lot of calculations it's going golf. on. But what I was going to say, uh, just for uh, context and comparison, the highest peak in New Hampshire is Mount Washington at 6,288. The golf course they're playing on is higher than the highest point. Than the peak than the highest point in New Hampshire, <laughs> in a mountain. <laughs> wow. So All right, so continuing with, with – yeah, that gives you context. Here's more context. Rescue for Rory, 300 yards. His three-wood is 325 there. His driver is 360 yards. All right, so this is Rory again. This sound you're about to hear is courtesy of the European Tour, but again, it's global distribution of content as a World Golf Championship event. Uh, Dom, this is 122, and Rory's thoughts on his first round. Yeah, I played really well. Um, it was actually quite tricky today. Uh, we, you know, we've played this place for the last few years, but I don't think we've ever played it in, in wind like this. It wasn't as if the wind was strong, but it just was a little gusty, and, uh, and it made it pretty tricky to, um, to select clubs and sort of trust what you were doing. But um, no, I, I, I did really well today. I played well and really happy with 65. How important was the fast start in the context of the round? Uh, it was, yeah, very important. It was nice to, to get that eagle on 11 and, and be two under through two. And um, I think it's one of these golf courses, if you do, do get off to a fast start, you can sort of keep it going. But if you, if you get off to a bit of a, you know, a struggle, it, it seems like it's a struggle for the rest of the day. So, yeah, it was good to get off to a fast start, and you know, it was just nice to keep it going. Following your only bogey on the, of the round on the fourth, how determined were you to finish off the round the way you did? Yeah, I played well coming in. Um, you know, bogeyed, bogeyed four, but then I, I gave myself a great birdie chance on five that I didn't make. But then I birdied, birdied six, gave myself a good chance on seven, and then birdied eight and nine. So I felt after the bogey, I bounced back really well, played the last few holes well after that little bit of a mishap, and um, sort of shows where I am mentally. And um, so it was nice to finish the round like that. Once I bogeyed. Four and went back to three under. I sort of said, okay, let's try and shoot five under. And then I, I was able to go one better than that, which was nice. Well, obviously where he is mentally is very, very strong indeed. Bridgestone Golf's reinvented the golf ball. More power, more control, more feel, and more spin. Featuring the all-new reactive urethane cover, these golf balls, the Tour B-Series, in your golf shops right now. Until now, you had to choose between distance or spin, or spin or distance. Not anymore with Bridgestone's new revolutionary reactive cover technology. Log on to BridgestoneGolf.com, get V-Fit today, and find the right ball for your game. Rory McIlroy stands atop the leaderboard at the World Golf Championships Mexico Championship after a six under par round of 66. You just heard him recounting his mindset and approach. Tied for second, both at four under par, Bubba Watson and Justin Thomas. Tied for fourth at three under, Roostazen, Horschel, Connors, and DeChambeau. Tied for eighth at two under par, Terrell Hatton, Paul Casey, Patrick Reed, Sunjay M., Lee Westwood, in Hideki Matsuyama, tied for 14th. Dom, did you get a chance to read, I think it was, was it Rex Hoggard's article on GolfChannel.com? Yes, I saw it. I haven't had a chance to read it about Patrick Reed kind of ignoring the noise from the comments from Brooks Kepka earlier in the week and Peter Costas and the No Lane Up podcast. I did. I can I can get that and open that up for you. He, he had a few quotes after his round, and I'm sure the, the scrum of everybody just descended upon him and just peppered him with questions about cheating and this and that and the other. And he essentially said that he wasn't going to talk about this. I said everything I said 
about this subject in Bermuda or in the Bahamas, excuse me. And, uh, and then I think the tour official stepped in and said, you know, listen, we're talking about golf. If we're not going to talk about his round, then, then Patrick Reed is done here. And then, you know, they asked him a couple questions about his round and that was the end of it. So he was obviously deflecting. He wasn't really addressing it necessarily. Uh, he was just saying, listen, I, I, I said what I'm going to say about it, which, you know, I, I don't think that really helps the situation. That's just me. No, I think I think at the time at times the tour tries to be too controlling in terms of what the message is for players or otherwise. If if you're going to have a player that for better or for worse is going to get you know money from wearing clothing or whatever it is that that's that's tethered to that player's performance, then they're looking for the exposure that's garnered through those same waters that media is going to swim in and if they're going to ask you a question, if you're going to if you're going to speak publicly to them and benefit from the public forum that you're on, you should answer the question. I have no problem with them answering the question and going, look, I've already addressed this multiple times. I don't want to address it again. What what I'm uncomfortable with is someone from the tour stepping in and going, no, 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 you can't ask that question. Well, here's, here's, here's the official quote because I don't want to speak out of turn. This is, this is what Patrick Reed said following his uh, first round 79 yesterday afterwards when they were peppering him about questions about Kepka and Costas and cheating and et cetera. Quote, I said what I have to say about what happened in the Bahamas. And at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is go out and play good golf and trying to win a golf championship and hopefully run down the leaders. End quote. So, I okay, mean, I'm fair. Now, I, I'm now, happy now, with that. The headlines that. I mean, are like, oh, he deflects, he ignores it. You know, that's what everyone is saying are the headlines. I mean, he answered the question sort of. I, I don't know. It's a very, you know, I was saying, I can't remember who I was emailing. Well, no, no, the, Dom, let's be honest about it. He answered the question by not answering the question being asked again. By doing such, he said, look, I've already addressed this. I've already talked about this. If you want to know my perspective on it, reference what I've already said. I actually don't, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, whether I agree with them or disagree with them, that's secondary to the fact that at that point in time, he's asked a question, he gave an answer. You can like it, you can dislike it, you can you can dissect it, you can do all sorts of things. But in fairness to Patrick Reed, for better or for worse, like it or dislike it, he did answer. So at least I'll give him credit for that much. Yeah, he did. Even as someone who's saying, well, wait a minute, his answer was an answer. I get that. <clears throat> but what I'm saying was it wasn't like he said next question. Correct. Which is where I would have had a problem. Well, this is, this is what you were just referencing earlier. This is from a, a piece on Golf Digest. Uh, this is reported, reported on uh, by Brian Wacker. It, uh, if Reed was at all bothered that the topic of what happened in the Bahamas keeps coming up and following him, an official from the PGA Tour ended the interview saying that Reed was only there to talk about golf. That's what you were referencing earlier. The, I'll tell you what's interesting. I was exchanging emails with someone yesterday about this. For as long as I've been doing this, probably all the way back to when all the wild stuff took place with Tiger Woods, this is as since then, this might be the only time I can remember where it sort of feels like we're in this weird little vacuum where there's like scandal happening in golf. It, it's not a normal traditional golf site, like golf news cycle where, with this pre- premier golf league stuff and this, this Patrick Reed cheating stuff. And even a little tiny, there's a little bit of the distance report stuff where it almost feels scandal-like. Like the stories that are coming out are not traditional golf stuff that we've been covering for five or six or ten years. It's very strange the way all this news has been coming out and it keeps coming up and bubbling over and it's very it's very odd. <laughs> it's so different. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't really necessarily see it as so different. There are different pieces to this when it comes to. Yeah, but Matt, this is like like this read thing. This is all. This feels like TMZ like. Guys yelling at each other about cheating? This is weird. <laughs> this well, weird? again, what what we have here is we have players who are honestly telling us what they feel. Do you think he cheated or not cheated, blah, 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 relative to that? And I'm glad that there's Brooks Kepkas out there as to that they're that they're honest with us. Again, I'm not asking you to agree or disagree. I'm not even asking you to take a side. I'm just saying I like the fact that players don't hide behind platitude because for two decades I thought that Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, who led the pack with all of this, never really told us anything. And again, this doesn't take anything away from being a fan or not being a fan of them and enjoying watching them play golf, but from the standpoint of hoping or trying or wanting to get some type of insight from them, rarely did you. In in Phil's case, almost everything he said was, in Tiger's case, it was always guarded. It was just about not saying anything. In Phil's case, it was about saying exactly what he wanted to say. There was always an agenda behind what he wanted to say. Again, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not trying to put judgment on this. I'm just laying it out there the way that it is. And with Tiger's team at the height of his powers back in the day, if you pushed too hard or got too negative in terms of how you ask questions... You were essentially shut down by his team. So it was really hard to do what you're doing. You look at different people that went through that grind. Many of them aren't even in golf reporting anymore. I'm not blaming Tiger for that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just explaining to you how it worked. So then we had this really refreshing period where, and we're in it, where the likes of Justin Thomas and uh, Jordan Spieth, certainly Rory McIlroy, and more, Brooks, you asked him a question, they answer the question. And, and Brooks's attitude on it is, I've earned the right, my words. He calls it, you know, his stature in the game now. But he's earned the right to give his opinion, to say what he believes. Well, obviously, he's not worried about a phone call coming from somebody, tour or otherwise, and going, yeah, we don't want to air our dirty laundry this way. And if you do it, there's going to be a fine. How do you think he would react to that? Or how do you think Rory would react to that? It takes it, it does take a certain stature in the game, maybe maybe in your bank account too, to be able to say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to do what I want to do. You get you guys worry about framing how you want messages sent out, but I'll worry about how I frame my own. So I find it fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And to Patrick's credit, he was asked a question, he gave an answer. And again, I'm not asking you to agree with his answer. I'm not even asking you to like it. I particularly don't. I would have liked a little more insight, but so be it. He, it wasn't like he said, I don't want to talk about it. Where I did have a problem was is when a, when a tour official comes in and goes, no, 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 we, we're not going to talk about that. Wait a minute. This is media, and that is an individual, and they're very prominent in the center of a, of a story right now. So I think that's something that, that the tour sometimes gets too coddling, too protective. Too much trying to frame the message. Read amongst those at two under par. That's a tie for eighth. Others in that area. I already told you about Hatton, Paul Casey. Sunjay M. Lee Westwood with a 69. Hideki Matsuyama with a two under par. 69 as well. Now, I'm just going to slide through and give you some notables. Tied for 14th. Because normally I try to give you everybody that's in the top 10. Regardless of where they are right now. Tied for 14th at one under. Tommy Fleetwood, Gary Woodland, Bernd Wiesberger. I'm going to have Dom give us the 
featured groups today as well. Tied for 19th, even par 71, Rafael Cabrera-Bello, Brandon Grace, Ches Reeve, Kevin Na in that grouping. Tied for 29th, which I think is, you know, we talk about the, the altitude and the length that they're hitting the ball and all the rest. Uh, maybe it works the other direction as well and try to figure all this out because we're talking about it. Limited field, no cut, I get it. But we're still inside of, of top 30, and we're over par now. Ryan Fox, Xander Shoffley, one over. Brendan Todd, one over. Francesco Molinari, one over. All 72s. Lento Griffin, Christian Bezadenhout, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Webb Simpson, John Rahm, Shane Lowry, all one over par after 71s. From there, we go to two over par, tied for 41st. Scotty Scheffler is in that group. Danny Willett as well. Three over par. This, it's a much bigger group than that. I'm just jumping around. Now, tied for 49th at three over par. Sergio Garcia, Adam Scott, Jordan Spieth after a 74. Tied for 55th plus four. I, I mean, I, I know there's people out there right now as I'm going through the scores going, I haven't heard you say DJ yet. It's coming. Matt Kuchar, four over with a 75. Charles Howell, the third, tied for 55th, four over. Tied for 62nd. Five over par, a score of 76. That's where we find Dustin Johnson. Graham McDowell's also in that same area. Brent Snedeker, both five over par. Tied for 70th, a nine over par, 80. Rio Ishikawa. And believe it or not, he's not the last in the field. Tied for 72nd, Victor Perez, a 10 over par, 81. But atop the leaderboard, Rory McIlroy, a 6 under par, round of 65. Okay, Dom, uh, hit us up, if you would, with who the feature groups will be today and what time all that's getting underway. Uh, coverage will get underway at noon Eastern time, and the first feature group will tee off at 12.39 p.m. Eastern time, off the 10th, and that will be... Hideki Matsuyama, Mark Leishman, and Justin Thomas. At 12.51, Adam Scott, John Rahm, Carlos Ortiz will be teeing off. Also the 10th featured group. At 1.51 p.m., Abraham Answer, Francesco Molinari, and Dustin Johnson. And they're playing off the first. And then at 2.03 p.m. Eastern time, the final feature group off the first tee. Tommy Fleetwood, Gary Woodland, and your leader, Roy McIlroy. All right, I'm going to give you an update on what's going on as well at the other event going on. This is a PGA Tour event that is happening right now at the Puerto Rico Open. Before I do that, I want to remind everyone to log on to Ireland.com when you get a chance. Why? Because the Lynx golf courses in Ireland are the best in the world, period. They are the best in the world. The reason why is when you have an island that's unprotected from the ravages over the millennia from the Atlantic Ocean, it's going to shape that land. And it has dramatically shaped that land. Now, you could do that same comparison and say, well, wait a minute. What about the Lynx golf courses that are so famous, part of the open road or what have you, when you're talking about Great Britain? Oh, yeah, they are brilliant. There's no doubt. They are brilliant. They just aren't as dramatic. And the reason why is because Ireland is between them and the same body of water. So it slams into Ireland and has forever. And it has shaped these incredibly dramatic Lynx golf courses. Check it out at Ireland.com. When you get a chance. All right. Remember I told you that Chris Couch was tied for the lead. Started out two under through three. Birdied the second hole. Birdied the third hole to reach eight under par. Well, he double bogeyed the par four fourth hole, but he bounced back with the birdie at the fifth. So Chris Couch is seven under par, has settled into net one under through six holes. 
and he is currently two shots off the pace. Kyle Stanley is one under through nine and nine under overall. Rain Gibson is three under through five and nine under overall. From there, we drop two strokes to the next grouping. Tied for third at seven under par. Josh Teeter is seven under. Emiliano Grillo is seven under. Both are one under on today's effort. Scott Brown is seven under, two under through seven holes as yet. And then again, Chris Couch is in that same grouping, tied for third on the mark of seven under par. Robert Streb has it working today. He's three under through ten holes in six under overall, three shots off the current leader. Sam Ryder is doing even better. He is four under through nine holes to reach six under overall. He, too, three shots back of the leader. Others on the six under mark. Henrik Norlander is six under even through six. Wes Roach is six under par. He's one under through four today. Peter Uline is six under. He doesn't tee off until after lunch this afternoon. But again, top the leaderboard as we speak. The Puerto Rico Open leaders are Kyle Stanley and Rain Gibson. Both are currently on nine under par. Rory McIlroy, as we mentioned, is six under par after 65 leading at the World Golf Championships Mexico Championship. Coverage, coverage of which you can catch at 2 p.m. Eastern time this afternoon on golf tomorrow and Sunday. It is split. It's it's all the same crew, all the same guys, because we're all the same company. Uh, golf and NBC at noon and 2.30 on Saturday, 1 and 2.30 on Sunday. All these times I'm giving you are Eastern. The Puerto Rico Open coverage this morning kicks off again, Eastern time, all on golf at 10.30 a.m. Saturday at 2.30, Sunday at 2.30. Okay? You guys are fully up to speed. We didn't get to everything that we wanted to get to today, including recounting some of the comments that uh, made some big news yesterday when we were joined by Charlie Hoffman, the chairman of the Players Advisory Council. But we'll save that maybe for tomorrow or another day to talk about that as well. Looking forward to talking about golf with you guys tomorrow. And as we move forward into the weekend, you can catch me co-hosting Morning Drive at 9 a.m. on Saturday and on Sunday. You guys have a great one. Goodbye for now.